here tonight, each and every person watching, and we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I get to enter up here from a new direction tonight. That's awesome. So, how are you? Good, good. I'm going to pull up a seat, and uh, I'm good. Been running, had a lot, lot of stuff going on, but doing very good and just excited to share with you tonight. I think it's going to be really good. Um, we are continuing tonight in Relationships and Marriage 101. I think this is part five, and uh, I think we'll have one more part after this, uh, maybe next week. We're always just led on that, but uh, tonight I think that you'll really enjoy it, and I'm going to go through a few scriptures but then I'm going to uh, ask Nicole to come up here and uh, us discuss this together. And I want, to, I want to kind of bat some things back and forth and see what you get out of it. Remember on relationships and marriage, number one, uh, that this, any marriage is a picture of God's love for mankind. And it's very important to remember that. And there's some things that we need to uh, see. Matter, matter of fact, um, Actually, I've talked to multiple people over the last week about uh, marriages and how, uh, thank you, talked to multiple people about marriages and how they are um, a representation of God's love. Because if you don't understand that, then you'll just let marriages be whatever the world tells you. But when you understand how important they are and how they are a representation of God's love, well, now it's a little bit more holy than just our natural thinking of, of what marriage is. Well, we need to bring that esteem and we need to bring that priority and that importance to marriages and relationships. So if you're married now, then this is great for you to learn. And if you're not married, not only if you ever do get married, you can take it into that. But even if you're not married or if you are, you can see how God thinks about some of these things. And that's very important because understanding that under, it helps you to understand how to relate to him and how he relates to you. Um, I heard today that they're going to have the uh, you know, Supreme Court voting on um, marriage here coming up in next week or so. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really surprised at where we're at in our country. We got here really quickly. I thought we might see some of these things, you know, when I'm up in my 80s, 90s, something like that. But all of a sudden, within a five, ten-year period of time, we are really discussing some important things. And now you look at it and go, just how important is it when it is talking about our, how the world views God? So... Um, let me just make a note here. Somebody just walked in with a baby. You might want to help. So, um, not everybody can see that door, but I get to see it. So hey, you know. So anyway, um, we have uh, have a couple of needs with everybody out of town. We definitely have some needs here and there of different things. Um, so tonight, what we're looking at is the top four needs of a husband and wife. And before we get into that, I want to share some scriptures with you. And uh, let's look at Ephesians 5, uh, verse 28 and 29. And uh, in Ephesians 5, 28 and 29. So a lot, I would say that the person that is um, 
the person that is probably one of the most expert authorities on marriage in the Word, uh, according to the Bible, according to God, in our nation today, would be Jimmy Evans. And uh, if you haven't heard him and heard some of his stuff on marriage and relationships, you definitely will want to check that out. Um, I've, I think it's, I forget the name of their website right off, but they have a, they have a great uh, ministry helping marriages. And I've listened to a lot of his stuff now and, and really just enjoying it, have always enjoyed his ministry. He puts it so plain and he's the one who actually did the research on these top four needs of the husband and wife. But let's look right there at Ephesians 5.28. It says this, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. And he who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. So now, here, let me just throw this out there. Who's he talking to, husbands or wives? In, in context here, he's talking to husbands. However, what we're seeing right here in this moment is not just what husbands should do, but we're actually seeing what Christ's character is. Okay, So the character of Christ is to love on his spouse, on on his wife as his own body. So in other words, yes, he's addressing this to husband, but I think what you're seeing here even more is this is a character of the love of Christ. So in that, taking that into account, should this be simply just for husbands to say they need to love their spouse as themselves? Or can husbands and wives say, that's a good idea, right? Well, it is a good idea because it matches up with a lot of other verses too. Let's turn to Mark 12, 28 through 31. And while you're turning there, I want to show you in Ephesians 5, 28, it says, so husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. As their own bodies. So he who loves his own wife loves himself. Now it's very interesting. So he's saying, look, when I... Let's just put it in these terms. When my wife, Nicole, when I love on her um, and I'm expressing love to her and when I say love, I'm not just talking about in the bedroom. When, when I actually love on her by my actions, by my thoughts, I'm loving on myself. And he says, no one ever hated his own flesh. So in other words, when I'm loving on her, and this is what, where we've missed it a lot, is... I'm blessing myself, you know, and, and husbands, if you don't think that's the case, just try it. Try loving on your wife for a month and see how blessed you all of a sudden become. I mean, really, wives, love on your husbands with unconditional giving for a month and see if it doesn't have an effect. And even if you don't see one outright, I guarantee you it's having an effect. Why? Because what you're doing is you are injecting God into that situation into that relationship so you when you love on your spouse you are blessing yourself well let's add this to our relationship with Christ when we as the wife of Christ or the body of Christ we're married to Christ the church is when we love on Christ and give him guess what you're blessing yourself you are you're blessing yourself it's going to come out 
in some good stuff because that's the way it's designed. It's designed like a, a relationship with a husband and wife. So it's important for us to recognize to not be selfish and not say, well, I just, you know, they never do this and they never do that and so I'm not going to love on them. Well, we already talked about what is love and that's very important for us to know. Love is a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving at the leading of God, okay? So, in other words, love has nothing to do with what that person's doing back to you. Love is a choice and commitment to them. Unconditional giving. In other words, I'm not taking into account conditionally what you've done or not done. It's unconditional. But I'm not just giving you everything. It's like a kid. You know, well, I want ice cream for every meal. Please, Daddy. Well, that's not what they're going to get. And, you know, Jesus is not going to give you stuff that's going to hurt you. That, that's not healthy. It's not going to help that kid. And you shouldn't give your kids ice cream uh, for every meal. Parenting 101. Amen. And so I didn't. And uh, you know what? And Jesus shouldn't give us everything our flesh wants either. And you shouldn't give your spouse everything their flesh wants either. We should give them what their spirit wants. And what their spirit wants, if they're alive in Christ, that is, is going to be what God wants for them. So in other words, we should be willing to give whatever God shows us to give, opening up our heart and mind to give to them no matter what they're doing. This would solve so many problems in marriages and relationships because all of a sudden you're moving in a godly love instead of a worldly feelings in a worldly love. So when you love on them, you're loving yourself. Now, is this just talking to the husband? No. Mark 12, 28, one of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognizing that. He had answered them well. Ask him, what commandment is foremost of all? Another place says, what's the first and what's the greatest commandment? Another gospel says that. Jesus answered, the foremost is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And, and as you go on, you start to realize that these two things, they go hand in hand. Basically, they are the same. When you love God and you love your neighbor, it all is doing... In other words, you can't love God and not your neighbor. You can't love on your neighbor without loving God. It's all, it's all wrapped together into one. The source and the foundation is loving on God. But notice he's not saying right here, all right, men, you love your neighbor. No, this is directed towards everybody. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's the golden rule. Another one is do unto others as you would have it done uh, unto you. That's the golden rule. Well, what's that saying? I'm going to take into consideration them over myself, before myself, right? There's a, there's a verse, I think it's in 1 John, that says, consider others over yourself, right? So this is constant, we're seeing this from Christ, and yet we don't do it a lot of times, we haven't done it even in our marriages. 
We'll consider everybody. I can tell you I've been guilty of this as far as the ministry goes. My wife has a need, and then somebody from the church knocks on the door or rings, you know, rings my phone, and I'm like, hold on, honey, I, let me help this. And I'm not considering my own flesh, in, since we're one, over somebody else. My first ministry, your first ministry in a marriage is the other person. Now, I'm not saying that if you're not married, but if you're in a marriage... Your first ministry, uh, my first church, even though I'm a pastor at this church, my number one ministry is my family. You know? and, and the Lord's really been showing me how to do that better in the last couple of years because I, wasn't, I was trying, but I, just, I wasn't doing it well. You know? Maybe better than other people, maybe, but really I needed some work on it. I recognized it. The Holy Spirit quickened me on it. And so the last couple of years I've really started trying to make that my priority. Now, we also understand that, hey, it also tells us in the Word that the mature ones ought to help bear the burdens of ones that are coming up. So in other words, if we got somebody that's brand new to the church, they don't know any better and they need help, we already agree as one, hey, they need help, I'm going to go help them. You know, it's the same thing if somebody came to Nicole, she comes and asks me, uh, look, I know you want, we had some situation like this not too long ago, I forget what it was, but I know you want to go and do this on Friday night with us or whatever, and, but we got somebody we need to talk to, you know, and so we need, okay, let's do that, you know, and we don't mind doing that. So we consider other people over ourselves. But it's important in a marriage to understand that first and foremost, your number one priority is your spouse. Okay, And we give to them, we make a choice to love on them, we make a commitment to love on them, we choose to give to them, which is love, unconditionally at the leading of God. And, and this is a lot of times what I ask people in marriage counseling is this, if you've got two people that are loving each other on each other in that way, what is that couple missing? There's nothing left to give. It's perfect because they're loving each other in that way. So you see here, you know, consider other people above yourself. Love them as you love your own self. Galatians 5, uh, 13 and 14. Now we know in Christ we were called to freedom, Right? I know of a situation right now um, where there's somebody that's uh, taken a freedom and a liberty that society semi-sorta says is okay, but the problem is they are completely putting other people into temptation, right? So they're, they're this is, uh, um, it's hard for me, I don't want to tell you the situation, but it's Basically what's happening is somebody feels like they have a right to do something, but the problem is they're not considering anybody else. And here's the thing. It says, For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love, serve one another. In other words, you've got freedom in Christ, but just because you have freedom in Christ doesn't mean that you get to take that freedom over loving other people. You know, you may have rights in a marriage and stuff like that, but you don't take those rights and put them over the person. 
I would say it like this. Your right is not important as an actual individual is. The individual is more important than the right. Does that make sense? Okay. So it says this. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law is fulfilled in this. So that means even though I have a freedom and a right to do things, doesn't mean I do it, especially when it comes to a spouse, especially when it comes in a relationship. You know, Jesus has a right to completely be unmerciful to us. But he didn't take it, thank God. But he could have. He could have been really unmerciful and, and let us go to our own destruction. Thank God he didn't. You see, he had a right, but he said, you're more important than my right. Do you realize he had a right to not give his life? Think about that. He had a right to not give his life for us. I mean, you would say, I have a right to live. I have a right. If you were in some country, they're holding you hostage and about to kill you, you would say, I have a right to live. You don't have a right to kill me. This is wrong, wrong, wrong. Well, Jesus had that right too. And yet he, through love, laid down his life and empowered all of this that we have now. So in other words, he considered the person, because he had done it for just one person, he considered the person more important than his rights. We have to remember that in our marriages. Because a lot of times we have a right maybe to fuss or, or to say something, but that doesn't mean that we should. And so what he's saying is this. He continues on, you step right into the next chapter, and he says this, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, all right, Husband, husband may have done something wrong, okay? And now you have a right to nag on him and to fuss at him. Well, you don't really have a right to nag on him, but you may feel like you do, right? But does that mean that you should? No. You know, wife may have done something wrong, and the husband feels like he's got a right to be angry. But that doesn't mean that he should. Thank goodness Jesus doesn't do this with us. Because we'd be in a heap of mess. So here's what I want to look at. I want you to think about that. Okay, love the other person as myself. Just because I have a right to do it or a freedom to do it doesn't mean that I should take that freedom, right? And then I want to look at this. What are the top four needs of a husband and wife? Remember that last verse. In that freedom of love... Use that freedom to bear the burdens of one another. Okay? Bear the burdens of one another. So, when you have husbands and wives that have needs, whether this need is perceived, real, unreal, makes no difference. They feel that they have these needs. If we're loving on them, would we not do things that would help them in those needs? If we're considering them higher than we're considering ourselves, it doesn't matter if manliness tells you you should do this or not. What matters is, does love tell you you should do this? You know? It doesn't matter if your mama told you, wives, that this is and not how you treat your husband and this is. Does love tell you? 
this is how you... doesn't matter if the world said this is how to do it or not. We consider them higher. We consider them more important. We consider them and we serve them. No matter if they're doing right or wrong. We serve them out of the love of Christ. Does that make sense? Some people are like, yeah. Some people are like, you, you better shut up, Pastor. No, 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 nobody's doing that. It's just, but it's true. We've got to move into these things or else you're never going to have the relationship that God's designed. You're just not. So we've got to see these things and understand them. And so many people are trying to do this. They're moving all because of emotion, all because of feelings on the inside. Everything they do is based off of feelings and then they wonder why their marriage is a wreck. Because you're not moving based off of, you're moving based off of conditions, not unconditional love. And then that's why it goes to these places. So here's, let me just give this example. Let's say, and the best way, and I'm glad you know, we kind of worked it so that everybody in here is above 18. Let me, as we're going to start talking about a few things, anybody that's watching, if you're below 18, please turn this off at this point. <laughs> so, and everybody else is like, really? So, <laughs> all right, so, um, yeah. <laughs> Y'all settle down. <laughs> Y'all be, be Christ-like here. <laughs> this is supposed to be a maturity meeting. <laughs> so, all right, everybody's like, oh, really? All right, cool. All right, so listen. Let me just throw this out at you. Let's say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Nicole up here in just a minute. We're going to discuss some of these things. But if we're considering bearing the burden of one another, right? Let me just, let me give you this as an example and then we'll move into the rest of this. All right, so one of the things that we'll actually talk about is that men are visual, right? Men are visual, okay? And it's why, it, this is the reason why pornography was so bad for men uh, for so long. It's actually come up now where ladies are, you know, hooked on it almost just as bad, which surprises me, but, but the beginning point of it is that men are very visual, Okay, so if there's a lady that, and it doesn't have to be in church, you know, but I've seen this in church too, but let's just say there's a lady out in public, okay, and the lady is wearing uh, something that is, uh, yeah, that's a good word, provocative, right? Let's say that it's very provocative. Maybe it's low cut, maybe it's tight fitting, maybe it's all of the above right is now we know that we are not supposed to give any place to temptation if men are very visual is that lady helping that man is she helping bear the burdens of that man no not at all and and she may have again she may have a right to wear those things I mean, society may say that it's okay today. Matter of fact, society does say it's okay today. But that doesn't mean that she should. It doesn't mean that she should. It, why? Because what you're doing, you're actually creating more of a burden on other people. 
And not to mention all of the worth and, and self-esteem stuff that you got going on for yourself. Because a lot of times when you're wearing that, you know, well, I just want to show my body. Do you realize who you're actually attracting? Because anybody that would move on that, their morals are like way down here, you know. But you're tempting people even with morals way up here. So it's not, you're really not moving in love. You're, you may have a freedom to do it because society says, but according to the law of Christ, bear the burdens of one another and fulfill the law of Christ, you're not helping. Okay? This, is, this is how we need to make sure that we think about these things. But why do we get into these situations? Most of the time is because we're not considering anybody else but ourselves. And that's the issue. We've got to start thinking about other people. How will they take this? What will they think about this? I'm considering them. I'm esteeming them, not just myself. I'm, I'm humbling myself to their opinions and their perspectives. I may or may not agree with it, but I'm at least taking it into consideration and not being in pride and only thinking about me. So it doesn't matter if I have the freedom or not. The question is, am I fulfilling the law of Christ? So in this, when we see that husbands have their top four needs, that they, when they polled a bunch of husbands and a bunch of wives, they came up, these are the top four for each one. Then as a husband, should I look at the top four needs of the wife and say, I'm going to help bear the burden of those? And as a wife, should I say, I'm going to help bear the burden of those? Yes, this is the law of Christ. This is exactly what we should be doing. So I'm going to invite Nicole to come on up here and uh, pull up another chair. And I'll sit over there. Let her have the nice chair because I'm considering her. You want the stand? You want the stand? So I wanted to I wanted to talk about these things uh, together because there's input that we both have that's going to be different. Our perspectives and our perception of things is different, and so I wanted to talk about these needs. And I find it really funny about different things, but let's just read these top four for both of them, and then we'll discuss uh, one or the other. So for the husband, and you can pull up these notes, by the way, it's on uh, boomerangchurch.org slash notes, and these are on there. So the scriptures and the top four. Number one, one through four for the husband, the number one need for the husband is honor. They want to be honored. Uh, not just by their wife, but in society, but particularly in a marriage, they want honor. Okay. Um, number two is sex. Most people would put uh, sex as number one, but when you actually stop and think about it, it comes back to, to honor. Because, um, in other words, it, it's kind of like this. They can be having, a couple can be having all the sex in the world, and that desire is completely fulfilled, and then the wife not honor the relationship and go out and mess around and the husband's dishonored, that, but that's more important than the sex. That's why it's number one. So uh, sex, and then number three is friendship. They want a friend in their spouse, in their wife. 
And number four is domestic support. And then the top four needs of the wife, I'll let Nicole say those. Hold on. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. My mouth's not big enough to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) All right. Top four needs for the wives are number one is security. Um, A woman wants to feel safe. She wants to know that her man is watching out for her, that he's got her back, that he would do whatever it takes to protect her. Um, she Number two is non-sexual touching and affection because I guarantee you the men will get a lot more sex if they start with the non-sexual touching and affection and not just groping them in sexual ways but <laughs> and not petting them like they're a cat. <laughs> smart aleck but just loving on them you know rubbing their back playing with their hair for me I know one of my favorite things is when we're out just standing around and Brian comes up behind me and you know puts his arms around me that that's just a, a trigger for me I feel because he's behind me his arms are around me I feel safe I feel like he's holding me like you know he's he wants to be there it's just to me when a man does that to a woman it's just a very intimate loving gesture you know um and so when men do that it makes the wife feel like she is beautiful like she's not just wanted for sex but she is truly desired and when she feels truly desired she'll want to do the sex um number three is open and honest communication and he was talking about jimmy evans it's marriage today by the way um he's talking about jimmy evans and you know one thing he was talking about is you know with him and his wife and brian used to be this way too especially when he worked and I was at home, you know, he'd come home and I've been with the kids all day and I'm like, I just want somebody to talk to me about something that is not Barney or Elmo or my little ponies. Give me adult conversation now. And you know, I come in, how was your day? Fine. What'd you do? Work. Okay. How was the drive? Long. Okay. You know, and Jimmy's like, you know, his wife would ask him and he'd grunt. You know, but she wants to know, you know, at 6.49 and 53 seconds, I woke up, and by 6.40, you know, or 6.50, I'm in the bathroom, and 6.52, you know, I'm getting in the shower. I mean, but, and it's, you know, he was being funny, but, you know, women like communication. They like knowing how was your day? How were you feeling? What were you thinking? Because it's how they connect with you. It's how they know, you know, come to know who, who are you? What drives emotions? What drives these thoughts? It's how they feel like they can become one and get to know who, who the husband is. Um, and then leadership. No woman that wears the pants in the family is truly happy. I'm going to tell you that now. It's not the way God designed us to be. We want a man that will lead us. We can't feel safe and secure, which is back up at number one, if we have a pansy for a husband. We want a man that is strong enough to say, when push comes to shove, my word goes because it's my job to lead this family, to protect this family, and to guide this family. And there are times, you know, when push does come to shove and Brian says, this is how we're doing it. And I may not like the decision, 
but I respect the fact that he is doing what he thinks he is right for his family. I respect the fact that he is being the man and he is trying to lead this family the best way he knows. And even if he falls on his rear end and the decision is wrong and I get to say, I told you so, I usually don't because I respect the fact that he did what he thought was right, especially yeah, when you have a man who is putting Christ first because when he's doing that, you know that he is making his decisions with the leading of God and that he is doing what he thinks is right according to the word of God. And when you find a man like that, a woman is happy with it. Well, and just you said that there's no woman that's going to be truly happy leading the family. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason is because spiritual law says that. So in other words, they can try and they can try to convince themselves, but it's really not going to happen. However, what I will say is that men have taken leadership to a place uh, that's incorrect, and that goes back to that true submission and authority. So they've tried to be this you know, leader that pushes their way into everything, which is outside of love. It, it demands it, it forces it, and that's not love. You know, it's like when he told us to give, don't give out of compulsion or don't give out of force. And part of the reason was because force is not love. So one of the things that you can do is look at that is what Christian would be happy? Let's look back at the relationship between Christ and a Christian, that marriage. What Christian would be happy telling Jesus how this is going to work and trying to lead their relationship with Christ? None of them. Well, and for us to think that it's going to be happy in a marriage that God likened to that, that's silliness. We're just, that's putting words in God's mouth that he never said, and that's why it won't ever work. But when it's done correctly, and a man is actually leading out of true submission and authority, it can be very beautiful. So, so for a husband, it's honor, sex, friendship, domestic support. We'll talk about them in more detail for a few minutes. And then a wife is security, non-sexual touching, effect, and affection, open and honest communication, and leadership. You notice how, how the men's are all like one word, and the wife, I'm, I was just pointing that out. So, um, let, the men are grunting. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're like, uh, honor, uh, so, okay. So, but you and they're like, communication. Okay. Yeah, y'all want, want to communicate for some reason. I don't, you know, sometimes I don't understand why, but. Um, all right, so let's go over these for you, security. What does that do for you? <laughs> Security. <laughs> well, I'm glad we sent the kids out. Just kidding. No, and I mean, and I kind of explained mine. I didn't know we were going through all this. Um, I mean, I kind of explained mine when I went through mine. Were you listening? I was. I was communicating. I was. <laughs> Number five is to listen. Oh, yeah. But that's not on here. We're not talking about that tonight. So. <laughs> no, um, security, I mean... A woman wants to feel safe. You know, when she feels safe, she knows that she can be who she is. She knows that she can relax because she knows her man is putting himself in the, in the position to protect her, that he would do whatever he needs to to keep her safe. And that doesn't mean just physically. But she wants to feel secure emotionally. She wants to know that she can open up to him and he won't judge her you know, for having these thoughts or these feelings. She wants to know 
that she can talk to him and totally be herself around him and he will not judge her but he will love her and he will protect her and help her with those thoughts i know when i was you know when our marriage was new i mean i was 21 but i mean looking back on it now i feel like i was such a baby you know but i mean we had dated for three years so i mean we started dating right after i turned 18 and you think you know a lot at 18 and you don't know squat at 18 but then you add on the fact that I was a baby Christian. Um, we started dating in April. I got saved in December um, of that year. So I didn't know anything spiritually. And he made me feel safe and secure. I could, I could show him that vulnerability of not knowing anything. And he didn't laugh and judge. I didn't know Bible stories. That, you know, kids grow up knowing, you know, knowing who Noah's Ark is and, you know, Peter and Paul and, you know, Moses and all of them. I didn't know who that was. You know, when it, in the world, you know, people be like, <laughs> everybody know who's that, who knows who that is. Well, I didn't. You know, and when it came to getting saved or filled with the Spirit, I got filled, but it took months for me to get my, you know, the evidence of speaking in tongue because I had such a block, such a, you know, just a hold on it. And he encouraged me, and he pushed me gently when I needed to be pushed. But the whole time, he made me feel safe spiritually. And that's what a woman needs. It says security, and right away we think he'll, he'll fight for her. He'll, you know, stand up to the punk in the bar that's flirting with her. And, yeah, if that needs to be, you know, he'll do it. Uh, we, we never went to a bar. No. no. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're in church. That's not true. I was, we, yeah, okay. I was talking about a smoothie yeah. bar. Look, you're, you're, I was... I was, that's Salad bar. I was sweet. You're telling them I was sweet. Oh, gosh. How are you going to get out of that? I don't know. I'll figure out a way. We've got three more. You better get on them. I'm getting more so, sweet by the minute. Do what? I did. I talked about everyone. Tara was listening to she me. She was, yeah. But a woman wants to feel secure in every way, not just physical. Well, yeah. What does honor do for you? No, well, we'll go to the husbands in a minute. Let's go on to number two. The security, it just, you know, uh, listen, husbands, you know what the number one way to have security and be that security to your wife? In other words, how can I, how can I make my number one need of my wife happen? Get to know Christ walk in his ways because there's no more secure place than him and if you're not walking in him and living life because of him and making decisions for him you're in the you're in a least secure area than if you are going after god and making so husbands you want to bear the burden number one burden of your wife then go after god with everything you got listen go after him more than you go after her he'll show you how to go after her correctly Yay. Yay. Number two. Number two, non-sexual touching and affection. What's? It just reminded me to do that. Okay. <laughs> you know, men like fighting and stuff, so I'm thinking number three is friendship for men. <laughs> so at some point, I should just, like, haul off and smack the fire out of him. That's, That's yes. what men do. 
He think said that's yes. what you do Did when all you're of dating. Hear that? He said yes. Yeah. So when, when you, he comes in with a black eye one day, <laughs> you know, I was being his friend. You know, when you're dating, you're like, oh, stop it. And guys are like, yeah, friendship. It's true. Y'all heard that right? Flirting. Okay. I got some flirting. <laughs> I think we're on different levels here. I'm, go ahead. <laughs> No, non-sexual touching and affection. I mean, it's like what I said earlier. When a man does this non-sexual touching and affection, just a gentleness, a, a true, you know, a love, you know, reaches out and, you know, rubs her back or holds her hand out in public or plays with her hair or, you know, any of those sweet little gestures, walks by her and kisses her on the neck or, you know, she's doing dishes, grab her and turn around and just kiss her and then walk away. I guarantee you do stuff like this that it's not it's it's affection that is not leading to sex. It will lead to sex. <laughs> because if she does if she feels like you were just genuinely giving her what are you digging for? Making a note. <laughs> yes, will lead to Okay, sorry. If she feels like you were genuinely showing her affection solely because you love her and not just because you want to get her in the bed, that's going to make her feel beautiful. It's going to make her feel loved. It's going to make her feel desired and not just an object to fulfill his number two need. But if you, you, know, if you just walk by her and grab her butt or grab her boob or, you know, hey, babe, you know, you're hot, you know, these are things, I mean, yes, there's a time and a place for it, but non-sexual touching will lead to sex faster every time did you say boob in church i did i was just checking can i say that i think so too late if not um (laughs) so you know what doing that a guy from my perspective like a guy going up and patting her on the butt or whatever like that that feels a guy you know like that but I do not wear football t- well, leggings. But you still, anyway, we <laughs> shouldn't say what I was about to say. So um, here's the thing, you know, going up and just, you know, loving on her and touching her, not in that er, guy sort of way, doesn't feel like the way that the world has taught us to be a guy. And so men, here's what you're considering. Are you considering yourself? Are you considering her above yourself? Are you bearing your own burdens? Or are you bearing her burdens? Love is unconditional giving. So in other words, it doesn't matter if me coming up and sweetly you know, caressing her, loving on her, you know, non-sexual touching and affection feels good to me in my head or not. It's something that will help her. And whether I like it or not, I should do it. Whether I think it's cool or manly or not, I should do that. And this is what will help you. You know, like she said, it leads to other stuff as well. But here's the other thing. Don't just do it thinking that I'm never going to change my mind on this. Do that thinking I'm going to change my mind on it. Why? Because that's the needs that she has. Right? And so what I've found is, as I've gone and done that and, and learned to do that better and better over time, and I'm still, you know, getting better at it. I still don't always do that. 
But the more that I do, the more it becomes a part of who I am, the part of who I am that genuinely cares for her. And that's where I need to be. So, Number three. Open and honest communication. A woman wants to truly connect with her husband. She wants to feel like she's one with him. She wants to know, you know, what are you thinking? Why are you feeling this way? How did you come to, you know, think and feel this way? It's not that she wants to be nosy. It's that she truly wants to understand you. She truly wants to be one with you. And, you know, men don't necessarily always want to open up, but that's something that helps the wife feel connected to the husband to know, okay, you had this kind of day. Why? Why did you react this way? Why do you do that? Why do men slap each other on the butt? You know, they want to know the little things, but they want to know the big things. You know, tell me about, you know, your past. Why, why were you, you know, why are you like this? Because understanding who you are helps her to understand how you'll be as a husband as well. And, but it also helps her to understand how to be a better wife because she'll know insight into what makes you tick. And if she feels like she can be a good wife, then she's happy with that. That's like, you know, he's talking about you may not like to do these things. But the truth of the matter is when you're loving your spouse as Christ loved the church, it may not be who you are in your flesh, but you truly enjoy doing it because you wholly love them. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, you know, there were things that when we first moved here, he liked doing little video games. And I'm not a video game person. But I got into one on the computer, and I don't even remember what, some war game. And some, some war game on the computer. And I found, you know, I saw that we started communicating in a different way. And I really got to like this because I connected with my husband on a different way. I was being that number three. I was being that friendship for him. And as a result, he was opening up and talking to me in different ways. So it helps opening up and Helping your wife know the things you like and how you tick helps her to be a better wife, and she wants to be a good wife. Well, and it is true because, I mean, what she was saying, and I think Jimmy on one of the shows we were watching, it was very true. I would come in, and the very last thing I want to do is relive my day, right? And I definitely don't want to go over every detail that she was desiring out of me, but yet I don't have a right to withhold that either. Now, I'm not saying that we should, you know, in other words, my thought as soon as she would ask that was, well, my Lord, it took me eight hours to go through it myself. I don't want to spend another three telling you about it, you know. And, uh, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't open up some. And it doesn't mean that she needs to hear every single detail, but it doesn't mean that she doesn't need to hear some of it from me too. And me just grunting or just going, yeah, I drove. It was long, you know, and not opening up anymore. And you learn how to do that. Part of it with me was when I first come in, I kind of like to unwind, you know, and she recognized that. And so she would give me 30 minutes just to come in, unwind, and then she would start asking me questions. And At 31 minutes this time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in other words, see, I still don't have a right I may have a freedom to answer with short, you know, things like that, but that doesn't mean I should. I still need to get to the place, this is one of her burdens. It's one of her desires, one of her needs. My job as a husband is to support that. So um, I need to be open. I need to open up. 
and this is a huge point, this is one I was wanting to remember is, I can tell you that the environment that I grew up said that a husband definitely should not tell his wife everything, okay? This was just the age and the environment that I grew up in, and, and let me tell you this, and I, I can support this with scripture, but um, it's not that we absolutely need to talk about everything, but there is nothing that I should be desiring to hold back from my wife. Nothing. We should be able to talk about everything. And even, you know, some of the, to me, some of the best conversations that we've ever had, you know, and, and I know that she didn't enjoy this at first, but it started us getting to the place where we were very comfortable in who we were, what we were, examining and overflowing fears. Was We'd be watching TV and there'd be somebody on there and I'd say, I think she's very pretty. Now see, wives don't want to hear that. But we got to the place where in our communication, you know, and here's the features that I like about that. I like the way that they're dressed. And she would make notes. Hey, he likes that kind of dress. And she would be willing to, too. Well, this is stuff that guys may actually want to be open and communicate. But now if she was completely fearful and moving out of fear, that would not go well. And I didn't go in right from the beginning of our dating doing that, but as we grew stronger together, and, and I knew when I was able to talk about that kind of stuff, we were really starting to communicate. We could talk about stuff in the bedroom and things that we like and things that we don't like. And you should be able to talk about this stuff. I'm not saying, you know, some wives are going, oh my goodness, we are going to talk about stuff tonight. No, don't. <laughs> don't do that. Take your time, one step at a time, right? But you need to be open. And men, you really don't have a right to hold back. <laughs> you don't have a right to hold back from your wives. And I'll, here's part of the scripture. Jesus said, I call you friend because you're no longer slaves and servants, but a friend because a friend shares with you what he's doing. Okay? In other words, we're sharing, we're communicating. We are one. And, and so part of that that says don't share stuff with your wife is the devil trying to get you to be two. And that's part of the reason that it's messed up. You are supposed to be sharing. Now, that goes vice versa. She needs to share things with me too. I don't like it if she says, hey, I think he's a handsome guy, you know. I don't necessarily like hearing that in my flesh either, but thank goodness that she's sharing it with me and not hiding it. That makes me... I like the way Patrick Swayze dances. I got a lot of work to do, if that's the case. It's uh, nice. Sorry, that was Is this fun. the place for that opening community? All right, so, um, but yeah, you, you don't need to hold back communication. So, leadership. Um, and leadership. I mean, a wife, it, and that kind of ties into security, but a wife wants to know she's got a strong man who can lead her in the world, who can lead her in life, who can lead her in spiritual ways. Somebody that is being led by God and can lead her through hell and high water and knowing that he will be there seeking after God for wisdom and leading them, her and her kids, in the way that will keep them safe. She wants a man that's going to take charge when he needs to take charge. Um, she, I mean... She wants open and honest communication, you know, on decisions. 
we like to discuss stuff. Yep. But I want to know, you know, if push comes to shove and we need to make a decision, he's not going to go, I don't know, baby, what do you want? I want to know he's going to go, you know what, we need to do this. Let's get it done. Because when, when I know that I've got a strong man, it goes back to number one, I feel safe and secure. When I've got a man who will lead our family in a godly way, we feel safe and secure. And there is no better leadership than, husband, you taking your lead from Christ. Mm -hmm. That means that you're making decisions, he really is your Lord, and you're making decisions based off of him. That, that's what that means. So one thing I want to do before we go to the needs of the husband is talk about this, because let's look at this now, not between physical, fleshly husband and wife, but Christ and the body of Christ, that wife. What do we want from Christ? We want security. You realize the reason we get born again is because it secures our eternal life. It secures that we have a leader. We want, we want him uh, to love on us without wanting something. Open, non-sexual touching and affection. We want him to love on us. We know that he's going to love on us and not require something of us. If he was requiring it and he was leading it the way that the world looks like you should lead and, and, and have dominion over a wife, if, if he was doing it the world's way, he would be making you do his stuff all the time. But how much of that stuff is he doing? He's not. He's going to love on you without wanting something. Yeah. He wants stuff for you, but it's because he wants the best for you. When you actually do the things he wants, because of his great leadership and because of his great love, it's always going to lead you to the best place. That's why he wants it for you. It's about you. It's, he's, he's trying to get it to your, get it into you so that you will move into a good place that he's already designed for you. And open and honest communication. Don't we just want to know what God's got planned a lot of times? And if we'll learn how to, like last week we talked about being filled with the Spirit and moving in the Spirit and led by the Spirit, if we'll learn and just learn who he is and how he moves, we'll learn what he actually wants to do. You see how those uh, parallels there are with us in Christ, you know? And, and here's the other thing. You're talking about the main things when you uh, poll the world on the things that they're looking for. It's these things right here. The security, I want to be loved without, you know, somebody requiring something of me. I want open, honest communication, and I want leadership. That's what they want. And they, if you actually look at it, all of that is in Jesus you know, and when we, have a, when we have a marriage that looks like that relationship, the world can see, hey, Jesus is my answer. That's why it's so important for us to have it. So let's look at the husband's needs. Number one, honor. Um, you know, we, we don't want to be dishonored, you know. Um, this is that communication part. Okay, good, break, you're good, you're good. <laughs> but... Uh, we, we don't want to be dishonored. We don't want to be you know, made to look like a fool in front of people. We don't want to... Uh, we, I would say that guys want... You know, honor is basically loyalty. And we are a loyal type of person in general, especially when we're going after Christ. There's definitely some guys that have been dogs out there and not been loyal in different ways. And that's what the world teaches them. 
And, uh, you know, we need to forgive them, love on them, and show them how to do it right. But ultimately, definitely, even if they don't show it, what they, they want to receive it. They want honor and loyalty back. And uh, that means that the wife is not, you know, doesn't have her eyes in other places, doesn't, you know, um, I, I would say this, I've seen a bunch of marriages that have been messed up by the husband or the wife continuously talking to their parents. It, and part of that is you're bringing a disloyalty and a dishonor. In other words, if she went and talked to her mom all the time about everything I did wrong, then I'd be saying, she's basically saying to me, I don't trust that you can do it right. And so it's a complete dishonor. And that's one of the things that can really hurt. So. Well, and also, um, trash talking the husbands. Yeah. I mean, that is so common in our society. And women will be just like, oh, I'm just kidding. You know, I'm kidding. I mean, and I've done it. Yeah. You know, it you get around matter. a bunch of women and it's like, you know, I've got three kids. I've Well, this is my fourth one. You know, I mean, are you just, women tend to just demoralize dishonor their husband so it's also in the things that we say about our husbands yeah that's that's very good and you know and the society right now is making fun of guys and there's a reason for it i mean look at the it started you know years ago of course but there's nothing new under the sun but look at the married with children you know who's the smart people in that family the kids you know the mom's a little bit better, uh, you know, a little bit better than the dad, but the dad was just a complete imbecile in that, in that show. As funny as it may be, you, know, it, it, you see it enough times, it starts rewriting what you think is normal. And that goes back to what was the devil attacking in that kind of stuff? He's attacking honor in that the number one need in a, in a man, in a relationship, is exactly what the devil was attacking. The devil knows what he's doing. He understands psychology. And uh, he knows how to get uh, um, societies to move. So. Well, and if the wife doesn't honor the husband, how do we expect our kids to honor their father? You know, I mean, we're talking about the married with children, but we just watched some show the other day, and I don't remember what it was, but it was a, a kid's show. We're watching with the kids, and the kid goes and, what was it? Oh, it was some dragon some dragon show. How to Train a Dragon. That's what it was. Oh, How to yeah. Train a Dragon 2. And this kid basically goes and just completely defies the dad, does what he wants to, ends up being the hero. And, of course, you know, the dad and the mom you know, were separated. And at the end, they all get back together. And it all looks like it's because this kid defied the father, did what he thought was right, and the daddy didn't know anything. I mean, so we're teaching even our kids not to honor their yeah. daddies, you know? And, I mean, that's just junk. If the wives don't honor their spouses, their kids will never honor them either. And think about this. Then I would say the number one goal of a parent over their kids is to teach them how to relate to their father, God. And when we don't honor the husband, we're teaching the kids you don't have to honor God. And all of a sudden your kids grow up thinking that. You know, when they don't, when you don't honor your word, you're teaching your kids that God doesn't honor His word. All of this, so all of this stuff ties together. It's huge. Number two is uh, sex. Um, I mean, it's just it is what it is. Guys like guys like that. They're motivated by that. I would say this is a couple of notes that I had on this: is that sex is not just acts. 
um, sex, I would, I would put it at about 50% act and 50% attraction or, or visual attraction. Um, so in other words, um, I, would, I would say it like this. Guys are visual, and look, they have this nature too. They're conquering and exploring. And this may be funny to you, but it, ladies, I think that this would definitely help, and I'll let you say whatever you want to here is, look, when a lady in a relationship will come in and, not out in public, but in the bedroom, let me make sure that's clear today because this society's something else. So, uh, in the bedroom is wearing something that's semi-revealing, but not all the way. Well, that attracts something in guys. They're like, I want to find out what's beneath that, you know. I want, hey, let's go exploring, you know. And uh, they want to. They are, so it's not just acts. That's what, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, whatever it takes at that point. I mean, it, guys are not just into the act. They're also very visual. So, ladies, you can help. If you're bearing the burden, you know, when you get home, you're by yourself, and, you know, you you don't want to be wearing frumpy clothes all the time, you know. And I'm gonna let <laughs> I'm gonna let Nicole talk about that before I get in trouble. So. We will refer back to my message on a Wednesday night, ladies. No granny panties. Oh, <laughs> I heard that quote more than any other quote in the last few months. I've heard I've heard that granny panty quote more times. It apparently hit a nerve. So good job, ladies. Woo-hoo! So, but it's true, you can really help your husband simply by, um, you know, I've seen and heard stories where people are just, you know, they don't make themselves up, they don't, you know, when they're going to bed at night or whatever, they just put on whatever and it's always sweatpants, and guys are visual. So if you're helping bear the burden, you're going to do things that help them. And let, let me add this to it too. Um... And this is something even that I'm working on. Does it help my wife or not help my wife if I'm out of shape? And this goes both ways, right? If I'm out of shape, does it help her to be attracted or not help her? It doesn't. So you may have a right to eat all the donuts and cookies that you want to. You may have a freedom to, but does that mean that you should? No. No, this, why? I'm helping bear the burdens of one another. We're talking about some very real stuff here. And I can feel, man, as soon as I said that, you can feel like, ooh, you better watch it, Pastor Brian. But it's true. It's coming back to the law of Christ. It's coming back to, I want to do what's going to help my spouse, not what's going to hinder them. Anything else on that? No, I'm just laughing at our cookie tray is almost empty. <laughs> I don't eat any of those just for you. I don't either. (laughs) All right. Uh, Number three is friendship. And, uh, you know, when he said this, I I don't think I'd ever considered that, but as soon as he said that, I knew it to be true, was I want a friend. I want somebody that we can share experiences and um, have, have a relationship with over certain things. I want, I want a friend, right? Um, I can remember 
uh, several years ago, I was looking at something, and what I wanted more than anything was for us to go do something together that we, not just I enjoyed, that we both enjoyed so that we could talk about it. So that we could discuss it afterwards and talk about how much fun we had in the process. And what I was really looking for was a friend. And you see, a lot of times ladies will see guys and they just want to go hang out with their friends. They, what they're doing is it, they'll hang out with you the same way if you'll do the things that they enjoy doing. You find things that you like to do together that you want to have fun in. And, and that's one of the things. Uh, it's very Now this is very interesting is, um, let me ask the ladies this. Because they probably know. What's the two times that guys will open up and talk and even be non-sexual touching and affection the most? It's right after two different things. What's the first one? Where's y'all's <laughs> mind? Jeez. So the first one is right after sex. The guys will sit there and they'll open up. If we don't fall asleep, thank you, Jeff. And uh, so, but well, and and you know what? <laughs> Golly, this is—it shouldn't always happen in the last thing in the day. It should be in the middle of the day sometimes. Okay. So here's the other thing: um, they'll open up. Guys will open up, and isn't that on the list that ladies want? Is opening up and talking. After they have sex, and after they just experience something together, they go have fun. Those are the two times. So for a guy, it's the sex and friendship draws that out, and the lady has it. And if the lady will, will do uh, what she wants to do as well, it'll both be, work together and be beautiful. And it's interesting that, that if a lot of times what we see happening, and you know, there's the verse that we talked about that said, look, there's nothing that you need to that a spouse needs to be withholding, right? And and so a lot of times we're withholding certain things from our wife, the wife's withholding stuff from us, and now both of us are lacking the needs that we have, the main needs that we have. But if we will actually do these things, we'll find uh that we'll be blessed in that as well. So, um anything on friendship? No, just I mean, when he's sitting there, when he's talking about that, I'm thinking, and this is, you know, when we're withholding that from each other, and this is when the men start to draw away and they go hang out with the guys all the time, or one or the other goes and tries to find it in the arms of someone else. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to, I mean, it's, it's you know, the funny little statement in Jerry Maguire, you complete me. But, I mean, we are. We're supposed to kind of complete each other. And when I'm providing for him what he needs and he's providing for me what I need, we're completing each other. There's nothing for him to go out looking for from anything, you know, from anything else except for God. And I, when we were dating, she was working at a uh, a pizza hut, and I would walk in there. And the only reason, well, I had to find reasons to go back so I could see her again. And so there was a couple of things that I did. Number one, there was a video store right down. Uh, the shopping center. So I went and rented this one. I was watching a movie at that time that I liked, and I probably rented it five or ten times. I mean, I, a lot because every time I'd go see her. And uh, but then also while she was working, there was a video game there, and uh, so I would like give her my quarters so she would hold my quarters, and and so we had this little flirtatious thing. 
see she um, she knew what she was doing. And then she'd come around every now and then and, and watch. She would come around every now and then and watch me play the video game or, or something like that. Well, what's she doing? She's taking interest in what I'm doing. She's wanting to learn about it, right? And it wasn't just a one-time thing. She takes interest. Well, and what you said is important. You know, all of a sudden we start withholding these things because the devil teaches us that, well, they're just not doing that, so I'm not going to give them this and that. And I'm not going to give them uh, attention. And then all of a sudden what he does is he has somebody out in the world who will give attention to the things that we like. And that's how a lot of that happens. And so what we need to do is make sure that we are unconditionally giving, which means we're paying attention to these things. And whether we like to do them or not, we're learning how to for the sake of the other person. And in, in the process of us loving on our spouse, we're actually also loving on ourselves. We're blessing ourselves. Um, and then domestic support, you know, is basically things just, we like things to be handled. I'll go handle and, you know, uh, I'll go handle and kill the dragon if I can come back home and I can rest here, you know, and that's, that's really what a guy's looking for is to be able to come to a place where I don't have more dragons to kill. And, um, you know, the truth of the matter is a lot of marriages and relationships, that's why they don't want to come home because they go do their work and then they come home, they got to work and because they got a dragon at home too. And that's just the truth. You know, and because we've taught society that that's okay. It's okay for the guy to be uh, lazy and, and an idiot, and it's okay for the woman to be a nag and, and a fire breathing dragon, you know. And, um, you know, and we've taught that that's okay and it's normal. And, no, oh, oh, honey, that's just the way it is after you get married. No, it is not. No, it's not. Is that the way you see it between Christ and us? then it is not the way it is, and it's not the way it's supposed to be. So, you have anything on that? Huh? Nope. Can, how can they help, or what things uh, could ladies do to help their husbands in that? I mean, the main thing is don't nag, you know? Um, I mean, I, I think of, and both of them are departed, so I don't like to talk bad of them, but my grandparents, um, my nana would just constantly nag at Papa. And as a result, you rarely ever saw Papa out of the bedroom. And they had two bedrooms. His was at the far end of the house from hers. But that was, you know, and and typically, you know, he was watching, you know, fishing or cooking shows or The Price is Right or something and laying on the bed and smoking a cigarette. And that's what he did because that was his main cave away from Nana. Because if he was out of the room, Nana's like, well, did you do this? And did you do that? And were you going to stay in there all day? And he's like, well, heck yeah, I'm going to stay in there all day if you're out here. You know, because she was just constantly nagging him. <coughs> now, my Nana was great. But when it came to how she treated him, there was definitely room for improvement. I mean, she was a wonderful woman, but she liked to, you know, just nag. And as a result, he didn't want to be out there. And the rest of the family missed him because of that. You know, so don't. If he's not doing his part, you don't need to nag him. I guarantee you he will find out. He will see it <laughs> one way or another. So what you do is you pray and you give it to God. That's right. You be the wife that you're supposed to be. You can't teach your man how to be a man because you're not a man. 
So you be the wife that you're supposed to be. And if he's not being what he's supposed to be, then you give him to God. And you pray for him. And you call him that that God calls him. You called him an anointed man of God, a leader, strong in his faith, strong in leading his family, a wonderful husband and father. You call him everything that he is supposed to be. You don't call him everything he's not. You don't call him stupid. Amen. You don't call him good for nothing. You don't call him whatever, you know, a slob, <coughs> lazy. You don't call him those things unless that's what you want him to be. Your words are powerful. We have the power to either lift our husbands up or tear them down. So lift them up. If they're down, they got themselves down there. They don't need you kicking them while they're down. Lift them up. That's what we're supposed to do. Any domestic sport, would you want to say anything about just, you know, the house and stuff like that? I mean, keep the house nice. I mean, the men can help around the house as well. But, yeah. you know, and, and I'm going to say one thing. Foreplay doesn't begin in the bedroom. A man helps his wife around the house, you're going to get some major brownie points. <laughs> But wives, if your man never wants to come home because it's a wreck, you're not going to find that non-sexual touching and affection because he's not home. I mean, he's been out slaying the dragons all day in the, you know, in the, the dirt of the world. He wants to come somewhere that is comfy, that is nice. Do it. I mean, work together as a team. It's not like it used to be. It used to be the wives stayed home all day and the men were out doing it. Times are different. So it takes a teamwork, but the wife can make the home a happy home, and yeah. we should do that. Um, and one of the things, you know, going back to the wives need security, non-sexual touching and affection, open and honest communication, and leadership. You know, one of the points that we looked at with Christ and with the marriage was this, that we are not to withhold anything from our spouse. So looking at that in Christ, which one of those things, security, non-sexual touching and affection, or loving on me without requiring something, uh, open and honest communication and leadership, which one of those things is Christ withholding from you? None. None. In other words, in Christ, you'll find whether you know it now or not, you have all the security you'll ever need, the protection. You have all the leadership. It's who he is. You have all the love from him. He's not withholding anything from you. So just a good point to look at. Um, this is one thing that they said, and I want to say it as we finish up, is that uh, you know a lot of times uh, the wife looks at the husband. This is something that Jimmy said. The wife looks at the husband and says, I just want to talk. And the husband thinks, you talk way too much, and I don't want to feed the monster, right? <laughs> and uh, I love that. because. And then the husband looks at the wife and says, I want sex. And the wife thinks, you want sex way too much, and I don't want to feed the monster, right? I don't, uh-uh. But see, if they would actually unconditionally give, they would both have what they were longing for. And, and even if you've got one in a relationship that's not fulfilling and meeting all the needs at this point, it generally has to start with somebody. Somebody has to be an adult, mature enough in Christ to start it. You know, sometimes, and I'll be honest, sometimes in our relationship, that was Nicole and not me. And sometimes it was me and not Nicole. 
And when times when she was low and she needed to be picked up, man, the Lord had it worked out where I was really, you know, being stronger. And when I was low, she was stronger. And that's a beauty about a relationship. But at some point, whether or not the other person's doing it right or not, somebody's got to say, I'm going to do what's right simply because it's the right thing to do. And so you have to be a servant to be happily married. And the best marriage in the world is two servants in love. The worst marriage in the world is two selfish people in love or in emotions. So um, marriage, here's what he said. I'll probably say this again next week. Marriage is in our DNA. God made us for marriage. We were made for marriage. And listen, God never created anything to fail. We were created to thrive in marriage. So, um, Before we close out, since we have both of us, is there anything, any question that anybody has that's just really pressing uh, that fits with this? Anybody have anything? I don't remember that now. <laughs> anything else on, on this? Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you. We're about to do, I think, a uh, a radio show and um, uh, internet, like an internet TV show video, uh, where it'll be weekly, 30 minutes. Not talking about marriage all the time, but just talking with us is something the Lord's brought up. We're getting ready to start it. So um, if, if you like that format, this is basically what we're going to be doing. So... Does anybody have any other, um, uh, anything else? So, yeah. You don't have to address it right now, but maybe even for the next time. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many people in the world that are divorced where the woman yeah. is forced to be father and mother for the time that she has her children, you know, and, and trying to balance that with dating versus not dating because you don't want to bring, you know, strange men into the house and just, I yeah. haven't really talked about that in Okay, talking about uh, when when people are divorced and then moving back into a relationship and having to handle all the stuff, uh, kids and household and everything else. So we may look at that. I'll, I'll just seek the Lord on that. So, but, Amen. Well, Lord, we just thank you so much. We thank you for showing us the example of a healthy, godly, very loving and very productive marriage and family. Our relationships need to be of you, in you, and about you. And Lord, we just seek all of us to be just that. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your insight, Lord. We thank you for bringing us everything that we need, every answer that we need. And Father, I just ask right now that eyes would be open for everybody who's listening to this, that they would start to see things in a more and godly light and that they would bring that into their marriages, into their relationships, and their relationships would turn into some beautiful, godly examples of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being here, and have a good night.